What if you don't live till you're 60? Good day, everyone. Welcome to another episode. On behalf of Disciple of City, I'm Todd Carlton, and this is the Toddcast. My guest today hails from Vancouver, Washington, just outside of Oregon. He worked for 13 years at a global money management firm and has since left it all behind to become the founder of the United Hive app. Let's welcome Gabriel Jackson. What's up, Todd? Good hey. to be here, man. Hey, bro. How are you? I'm I'm doing I'm doing wonderful, man. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm great, man. Thanks for coming on the show today, taking some time to hang out with us. Yeah. How are things down your way today, Todd? I'm having a I'm having a great day. I'm I'm charged up, man. I'm doing great. That's awesome. You were up uh, You were up super early. I understand today at another meeting. We got We got quite the time difference between you and me. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, I'm, I'm really trying to force myself to, to get up, you know, 5am, 5.15 kind of, you know, in that window. And uh, there's just so much going on. And there's, there's, it's, it's a very exciting time to be alive. So I'm trying to just, you know, discipline myself to get up and make it happen. That's very inspirational because that's not something you've heard a lot of people say over the last couple of years. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, believe me. I mean, I think, uh, you know, COVID changed a lot for, for many people. And uh, certainly for me, it got me out of my normal morning routine. So I'm kind of trying to find, I'm trying to go back, you know, to, to, to the routine and, uh, and yeah, man, just, just creating space, getting up early for me and everyone's different, but for me getting up early, spending time with the Lord, starting my day off the right way, um, sets me up for success the rest of the day. Yeah. Amen. Um, Gabriel, we obviously want to talk about this United Hive because that's how you and I got connected and through Disciple a City and, and that platform and how you got into that. But, uh, before we dive into that, can you just, uh, can you just tell, tell me how you grew up or wh- where you grew up in the U S and, uh, what, what, uh, childhood was like with you as far as faith goes? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, so I, I have one of those stories that, you know, maybe some people will be able to relate to in, in that I grew up in church. Uh, so my dad was a, a, a pastor, uh, growing up. And, uh, so my dad is from, Southern Alabama. And now for those that understand the United States, you know, that's like very deep South and there's a, there's a, it's almost like its own universe down there. And I love Alabama, but one of the things about growing up in the South is there are really like three main church denominations. You've got church of Christ, uh, Baptist, and you've got Methodist, uh, you know, maybe there's a few other ones, but those are, those are the, the real big denominations. So my dad grew up in, in church of Christ. And so when I grew up, you know, we were singing hymns, you know, out of the book, there were no, there were no, uh, instruments, uh, for the most part. And I actually lived in uh, North Carolina. I've lived in Michigan. I've actually lived kind of all over the United States. Um, and it wasn't until, 
I was in about uh, fifth grade that my family moved from North Carolina to uh, the West Coast, where I spent the majority of my kind of formative years growing up, uh, you know, going to middle school and high school and college, actually uh, about two hours south of where I'm living right now uh, in, a, in a place called Eugene, Oregon. And um, and it, it right next to Eugene is a, is a city called Springfield, Oregon. And so I grew up in Springfield and then college was in Eugene. And um, so, so I'm sharing this, Todd, because my experience and what I've experienced like in college and even in high school and, and, and as an adult, um, things I've experienced with the Holy spirit were not things that I really grew up learning for the most part. Mm. Um, and, but even from a young age, I always felt a strong pull towards faith. Like I always felt like I had this, this tender heart or this open heart to God. But um, of course, sometimes your, your environment impacts our your view, or, you know, like the church you're a part of or, or the things you're learning about Bible or theology, of course, they impact and they shape how you view things. And it, it wasn't until I was 12. So like I accept the Lord as I'm, you know, I think seven or eight. Uh, is when I like just had a personal moment where I said yes to Jesus. But then it wasn't until I was 12, I was out here in Oregon. And so I would have been in sixth grade. And uh, I remember that my dad at that time, he was leading a church out here in Oregon. And he was really trying to sort of revitalize this church. And, and the church had been formerly a church of Christ, but they were kind of, I would say uh, on the scale of like conservative to say Pentecostal, they were definitely expanding. They were, they were, they were uh, maybe becoming more like in the middle of that, of that spectrum. And so they, you know, they had instruments, for example, like they had things that a lot of church of Christ's, wouldn't have. So they were starting to really sort of shift some of their, some of their thoughts on, on these things. Now today we kind of think of this stuff as like basic, right? Like, like most churches have people playing guitar or playing a piano or like there's a band or whatever, like that's, that's pretty common in maybe more the charismatic or evangelical world. But in a lot of churches in America and around the world, there's, there's still, very conservative churches that sing hymns out of books, you know? Um, And so, yeah, man, like when I was 12, I had this radical encounter with the Holy spirit and it absolutely rocked me. And um, I'll I'll share this story really quick. And then, you know, I'm sure you'll have some questions about it um, because this was sort of like this linchpin for me in in like from a directional standpoint, it was like God broke in and like put this seal on my life. It's the best way I could describe it. And I'll share what, share what happened by the time I got to, to middle school and public school, my heart was really drifting from the Lord. And I felt this like rebellious thing. Now, I know a lot of kids, they start kind of rebelling. They start feeling some of these things, um, maybe in middle school or high school or whatever. But I really felt this rebellion rising up inside of me. And when I was uh, in middle school, I all of a sudden I was hanging out with some some rough kids. Um, 
I was getting into some trouble. I was doing things that definitely weren't, you know, that, that wouldn't make my parents proud. Let's just say it that way. Um, certainly didn't make the Lord proud. And my dad put on this event where he had this speaker come from the East Coast and he was actually trying to like infuse and kind of unite the body of Christ in our little community um, with the Holy Spirit, with reaching the lost and all these things. And I remember at that event, I sat as far away as I possibly could because I had to go because I'm 12, but I'm up in the upper bleachers and I don't listen to a word that was preached. And I want nothing to do with it. And as soon as it was over, I was walking down the bleachers to leave. And right as I got to the, ble- the the bottom of the bleachers, you know, they're doing an altar call. And it's sort of like that end of the service where people are being prayed for. I get to the bottom of the bleachers and an elder at my church named Mike meets me at the bottom of the bleachers. And Mike says, Gabe, can, can I, can I talk to you for a minute? So I, I'm like, Sure. You know, (laughs) so uh, yeah, exactly. Here we go. Right. So he pulls me up to the front, but kind of off to the side. And Mike's like, Gabe, how you doing? And I'm, you know, just little 12 year old Gabe. I just broke. I just broke in that moment. Like I just start, I was crying and I, I just told him I'm, I'm, I'm not doing well. Like I feel, I told him, I said, I feel my heart drifting away from the Lord. And he said, well, let me just, let me just pray for you. So he said a a very simple prayer, you know, and, and all of a sudden, like, I think it's over. Right. So I stand up, I'm kind of wiping my tears. And all of a sudden, man, this guy that came from the East coast, I actually have since got, got reconnected with them. So his name is Randy. Okay. (laughs) So Randy is still ministering, but Randy literally comes through the crowd. I didn't say, he didn't say anything to me. He didn't, he didn't do anything, but Randy comes through the crowd. He grabbed my hand. He literally grabbed my hand. He held it up to this old guy that had like oxygen tanks and like, like breathing tubes. And I got about six inches from this guy's, my hand got about six inches from this guy's face. And the guy just plops over the power of the Holy spirit. Wow. Now, at this moment, Holy Spirit is all over me in such a way I am we I am starting to like weep uncontrollably. Now I don't have a clue what's happening because I have never experienced the Holy Spirit like this. And I didn't grow up like learning about the manifestation of the Holy Spirit or gifts of the Holy Spirit. So it wasn't that we were, it wasn't that the church was actively talking against the Holy Spirit, but we didn't grow up in, you know, it wasn't a charismatic or a Pentecostal, you know, type environment where, you know, speaking in tongues might be normal or like whatever, that, that was not my experience. Not, not uh, within the guise of the church of Christ. No. Yeah. That's not, that would not be kind of standard okay. certainly in, in the church of Christ. So, Man, one after another, I'm, I'm putting my hand up near their head and people are just falling over, being slain in the spirit. Now, the people falling over, many of them don't even know what's going on because this was a this was sort of a combination of a bunch of different churches. But even the churches that were there, some were assemblies of God, so they might be more familiar with what might be happening. But others were community churches or Baptist churches or other, other groups that were there. So it was a very interesting mix of people and dynamic. 
And for about an hour, Todd, Holy Spirit is on me. And as a 12-year-old, I'm roaming around this crowd, completely unaware of what's happening. But there was one thing that kept happening that, you know, after I sort of, you know, people were falling over, God marked me, and I will never forget this, and it's something I will never be able to shake, is I, it's like he gave me his eyes for people. Hmm. Now we ask for that, right? We say, Lord, help us see people like you see people. But Todd, I'm telling you, I actually, I'm not just, I didn't just have compassion for people. I actually saw people different. Like I saw people transfigured. Like, and it's the best way. So, you know how when Jesus is up on the mountain and they saw Jesus transfigured, they saw like Jesus was glorified and they saw him glorified. When I saw people, I saw white. Like I saw like they were bright and they were white. And I was, I was hugging them and I was sobbing uncontrollably. And as I cried, people would be breaking down. People would break down under the power of the Holy Spirit. And the love of God. And I don't even remember saying anything to people other than I was just hugging. I was roaming around hugging people, holding them as a 12 year old. I got up on stage. I missed the first time I had a word of knowledge. I got up on stage and had, took the microphone and literally had a word of knowledge for a guy in the crowd. Wow. And, and he was, he was touched and he was crying. It was <clears throat> bro. It just reminded me. And I've never shaken the feeling and the recognition of how God sees people and how he loves people. So that's the first thing and the most powerful thing that I, 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 I've taken away from it. But the other thing that it reminds me of, there's no formula for God. He's not boxed in. He's not intimidated by our rebellion. Yes. He's not, you know, like when I look at what happened, I can't take any credit for it. I can't say, oh, well, well, I was really seeking the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or I was really, I knew all the theology of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so I was able to receive. And guess what? In that entire experience, now this might, maybe this will rile some people up, but I had this entire experience and never spoke in tongues. It just wasn't, it wasn't one of the manifestations that happened. Um, I have since had an encounter with the Holy Spirit where I do speak in tongues, but but it always reminds me like, guys, we can't box God in, you know, he's so big and he's, he's after hearts. And I would say, Todd, that, that, that event, it changed my entire life. I immediately left the path of rebellion that I was on. And it was all about, it's just, my heart was changed. I had a softness towards God again. I wanted to pursue the things of God. And it, 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 it doesn't mean that I, I, of course, there are other times in my life where I have struggled or I have fallen into rebellion, but my heart yeah. was never, has never grown cold towards the Lord since that day. So I felt like he, he marked me and, um, so yeah, man, I'll, I'll just stop there. I mean, I've, I've got, that, that was like sixth grade. And I've asked the Lord, like, Lord, that was a lot of fun. Can we do that again? But it hasn't <laughs> happened since. Yeah, and I'm wow. 36. Wow. wow. So I don't know. That's, that's an incredible story. And you know, what's interesting, man, especially in North America, right? Is that, that something like that happens and the people there 
one of two things happens, right? They, they either see it and they get throttled by the Holy Spirit or they see it and immediately doubt. Yeah. Right. And they doubt people are falling and it's a show and it's amazing how, how our eyes can deceive us. But at the sure. same time, God's moving in that. That's a that's an amazing, amazing story. So, did that the speaker, Randy? Did he? Was it just the first guy that he? You were motioning for people listening. You were motioning that he had grabbed your wrist and held your hand up towards. Yeah. Uh, was it just to that first guy that was on the O two, or or did he walk around with you to a, a couple of people and then you kind of went off on your own or? Yeah. So like the, there was, I remember there was at least three people that were all standing right next to each other. And, and as soon as I, you know, and again, I wasn't even touching them just six inches in front of their face and bam, the Holy spirit was hitting them. And so it's like, wow, you understand the immense power of the Holy spirit to move. And man, it, it, it's actually crazy because I went back down to Springfield. I mean, we still have family there. So my wife and I go down there and we, we visit family. And I remember actually being at a funeral and this old, this older gentleman comes up to me and he says, I recognize you. He says, you were that kid. You were that kid at Springfield high school that was roaming around the crowd, praying for people, talking to people hugging people. And I was like, you remember that? I mean, I'm here. I am like 28 years old or something like that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a grown man. And this, this, this old guy somehow remembers me. So, so I believe that Holy spirit did a powerful marking, uh, not just for me, but for many people that were there. And, um, and so, yeah, man, pray, praise the Lord. It, it was, I look back and I'm just so thankful, man, that he gave me that experience you know, and I know that so many people, and I don't know why he doesn't do it for everybody. Right. Like that's the, that's the, that's the thing I've wrestled with. Cause yeah. I know people who are like, Oh, Gabe, I would, I would love to experience that. And, 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 and like they would love to experience a definitive moment that they could point to where they say God is undeniable for them. Like they could never deny the power and the working of the Holy spirit in their life because they had this moment. Not everyone has experienced that. And I asked the Lord, like, God, I don't know why, I don't know why you did this for me, but you know, my life is yours, right? It's, it's, he sealed my life. It's, it's the greatest joy and greatest honor ever. So now um, I get to live for him, I get to build his kingdom and, and that's my aim. And that's my, you know, that's my number one, that's my number one focus. Yeah. Those experiences are, it is interesting that not everybody has that. And at the same time, it's not about, you know, an experience or a feeling Todd White says that all the time, right? It's not about a feeling. It's about our faith, but when those feelings do come or that presence, it is so intense. And I don't know, I kind of, just myself, I just kind of feel like we just need to, to pursue knowing him. We just need to pursue intimacy with the father and, and not try to pursue feelings and and just let our path be with him what it is. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, totally. Because everyone's, you know, everyone's experience will be different in different times, you know. Um, but I, I, yeah, I think, man, it's it's a it's a heart thing of just, hey, if if you're wanting to experience more with the Lord, though, ask Him and just press in and just let and just just but 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 you're not pursuing a feeling, you're not pursuing something happening, you're pursuing Him, you're pursuing you're pursuing the Giver yeah. of the gift, not the gift. Yes. Yes. So, okay. So after that, uh, and you said like, of course, cause we're not perfect even after that. Right. So there's still ups and downs and trials and different things that go on in our lives. But, um, I, I'm assuming that all your moves around the U S were a result of your, your dad in ministry in different churches and stuff. Yeah, correct. So you yeah. ended up staying in the West coast after this. Were yeah. you guys kind of locked in there? Yeah. Yeah. So really, um, you know, so that was sixth grade. I spent, the, I finished out the rest of middle school, finished out high school in Springfield, Oregon, and then uh, went to college uh, at, uh, in Eugene, Oregon. And, um, but, you know, I, w- I would say, Todd, that it was really, so I have this experience as I'm 12. And, and, and then I was involved in youth groups and, you know, Bible studies and like all the typical things that youth, who grew up in church typically experienced like going to a camp or those kind of things. So I was always involved with, with random things, but I would say that it wasn't until really after high school that all of a sudden, right, you move out of the house and, and, and you have more freedom than you've ever had before. And you are forced to, you you kind of have this opportunity, right? Whereas like, Hey, now what am I going to decide with my life? Am I going to continue to, to stay plugged into a church? Am I going to go a different way? Right. You, you have these moments of decision that happen. And I was so thankful that after high school, um, senior year of high school was actually probably one of my most rebellious periods, just in terms of like, you know, I was, I was, I started partying a bunch. I, I was just doing things that weren't, weren't honoring to the Lord. And, and, and I knew it and, and, and the Lord, it was almost like the Lord, it's going to sound really weird, but he was like, it's like, he's sort of like, yeah, go ahead and do that. But you know what? I came to the end. I had a moment. I was on my bed and I remember this distinctly. I was on my bed. I'm looking in this mirror and I had just partied the previous night and, you know, I, I was, you know, I had gotten drunk and I'm staring at this mirror. And all of a sudden I said to myself, this isn't me. Hmm. It was this simple recognition that this path I was on in this lifestyle, not only was it not me, but I kind of like hated it. I, I was like, why am I doing this? This is, this is not who I am. And from that moment, um, as a senior in high school until today, I have never even had the desire to drink, like drink ex- excessively, right? Like to get to a point where you're, you're drunk or something like it's never even been even close or even in t- t- temptation for me. So praise the Lord for his grace to sort of, again, rescue me from going down a bad path that was not who I was. And it was just months later that I actually met my, uh, my, met my now wife. I had actually known her since middle school, but we got reconnected. We went to high school together. We went to middle school together, but 
we didn't date at all. And then we got sort of reacquainted and we started hanging out again. And, and immediately we both sort of knew that we were supposed to get married. And so we dated for about a year and a half. We got engaged. So we've been married now. So we got married in 2007. So we've been married now almost 15 years. And um, she has been such a blessing. Um, You know, she grew up in more of like the more, she grew up actually more like extreme kind of Pentecostal. So she, she was used to like people speaking in tongues all the time. And I, of course, didn't grow up that way. So when we started dating, we were like, Hey, let's find a church where we were both like feeling comfortable, but a church that's also open and wanting people to grow in their giftings. Right. So we found a great church. Um, you know, we got plugged in and really all through college, I feel was a tremendous, uh, God was doing a tremendous work in my heart to birth in me a greater kingdom mindset. So, so knowing the Lord is one thing, meaning being a Christian is one thing, but I think there's like this thing and it's, it's phenomenal, right? Hey, we know the Lord, we're saved. We're walking with him. We're trying to grow as disciples. But then there's actually this, this, this thing that I've experienced where the Lord, as we seek him and as he's sanctifying us, right, we start to have his thoughts. Like, what is God wanting to do on planet Earth? And we start to pray things like your will be done on Earth as it is in heaven. And we start to desire to see cities transformed. We start to ask the Lord, God, give me a dream for my life. Give me, like, use me. So I remember all these years, like, man, I I wish I had all the journals that I had written back in the day. But these prayers, um, asking the Lord, like, God, use my life. Like, use me. Not having any clue what would happen, what he would want to do, how he would want to use me. So... There's, there, there's one encounter, I'll, I'll just share this. A lot of things happened in college, but I'll share this one thing with you. It's this kingdom mindset that I'm, that I'm talking about. Um, I'm walking to class and, you know, I got into the business school and I've, I've always been sort of business minded. And so I was excited to get my business degree. I was excited to work in a, you know, at a corporation. I was excited to have a, you know, quote, successful career and make a lot of money. And that was always something that, that was something I wanted to do. And so I'm having this in kind of internal dialogue with myself as I'm walking to class one day. And I'm like, you know, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to get a great job. I'm going to be successful. I'm going to make a lot of money. And I said, I'm going to retire when I'm like 60 years old. And when I'm 60, then I'm going to have all this time and money to serve the Lord. Hmm. And when I said that, or when I thought it rather, because I wasn't talking out loud to myself, but I was thinking it, I immediately hear this internally from the Holy Spirit. It's a question. And the question was, what if you don't live till you're 60? Now, here I am making a plan for my life, assuming that I'm going to be able to work hard, make all this money, and then I'll be able to retire and serve the Lord. Holy Spirit completely crushed 
that narrative in that one moment. Now, I hope and pray for a long life. And, and my wife always you know, hates when I share this story. But the reality is that we don't know how much time on earth we have. Yeah. And so this word of the Lord was a uh, was a paradigm shifting word for me. And all of a sudden, my mindset became it was just the re- it was just the reality of eternity. It was just the reality that we're not promised tomorrow. So how we actually steward our time, how we actually live our life for God actually matters. And I'm not going to waste time just building my own kingdom. I'm not just going to waste my time trying to acquire as much wealth as I possibly could. Now, you know, you said, um, Todd, earlier, you know, I just kind of left this this career in in uh, in finance. And man, I, let me let me tell you, it, it was a phenomenal company. I loved this job. I loved the company. They took such good care of us. It is the type of place where. You know, I'm 36 right now. I could have probably worked 10 more years. I could have probably retired at 45 with millions and millions of dollars in the bank. Wow. It's it's that type of opportunity. And yet I, in my heart, truly, I got to a point where I was just like, like almost begging God to release me, begging God to release me. Uh, it, it's interesting when you go from like hanging on to something to then all of a sudden, a, a couple years later, begging God, like, release, like, release me from it, right? Uh, I used to be terrified at the thought of leaving this company because I loved it. And there was a favor there. I, I was, you know, well-loved there. And they took great care of us. Well, 13 so years. I was like, wow, I 13 years. Is yeah. a, you put in a lot of time there. That's right. You know, that's right. But probably for the last four years of that time, the vision for United Hive had come and I had to both steward the vision of United Hive while also staying focused on my work and not letting my work products suffer, not letting my team down, not, not dishonoring, you know, not working hard or something, you know, right. Like I had to like grapple with Lord, how do I stay focused in this job until you release me? And my prayer became, Lord, I, you know, don't like, I don't want to go a day, one day sooner than you have for me. And I don't want to stay a day later than you have for me. And, and it just became this constant prayer of like walking in his perfect timing and destiny. And finally, at the end of, you know, d- December 31st, 2021, marked my last day. And, um, now I'm running, you know, just full-time man, not knowing exactly what the future holds, but just trusting that the Lord, this is ordained uh, by the Lord uh, and United Hive is something that I'm obviously passionate about. And, and you know about that. And I'm, I'll share whatever you'd like me to share, but, um, so it's, it's, man, it's, it's definitely been right a journey. Like, like everyone's life is they have their own faith journey to walk. Yeah. Right. And they, their, their decisions are different than my decisions, but we all have those moments where we have to decide, are we going to choose faith and are we going to choose obedience or are we going to tr- choose uh, comfort or security or safety? 
Right. So, bro, speaking about United Hive, let's, because we didn't even really necessarily say what it was yet. So give a little, give a little spiel about what the United Hive app is and then what brought that on for you? Like, I mean, obviously yeah. what you just talked about, but what, yeah. what brought that on as opposed to, I don't know, starting a ministry or traveling or something different in ministry? Yeah. Yeah, great. So the high level with United Hive is, you know, so we built this platform where individuals all over the world can share evangelistic activity and testimonies, and they can drop it on a on a map interface. And so when, when, when people are looking at this map, they see different colors, they see different color codings, and this signifies different types of testimony. So what I am so stirred up to see is the body of Christ activated and actually living as disciples of Jesus everywhere they go. Not just the evangelist, not just the pastor, not just those super awesome Christians that are cool and can do it, but every single believer, I believe, according to scripture, is called to be an ambassador of Christ. Yeah. And we're all called to go and make disciples. And so I wanted to create this thing that would allow Christians to easily share testimonies stir one another up for faith, and also in that process, unite the church that Jesus is alive, that he's moving in every town, city, village around the world, and he wants to use everyday believers. He wants to use everybody, but everyday believers. If you are the the soccer mom that's traveling around, taking your kids places, you have a ministry. If you are a college student and you're in class, you have opportunities to love people. If you're at the grocery store, you have opportunities to love people. So this was my heart in building the app. And and where it came was just a normal morning. I was getting ready for work in early 2017, and I'm in prayer, and I'm just just a normal day. It's, you know, 6 a.m., and I'm getting my suit on, you know, just, just talking to God. And all of a sudden... I have this vision, I'll call it a vision just because I don't, I don't know what else to call it, but I had this image flash before my, my eyes. And what it was, was like this, this map. And what I saw on the map was it kind of looked like a heat map where it was like glowing and things were popping up all over and they were spreading rapidly all over the map. Now I'm not super smart, but I knew God was speaking. God was showing me something. I was like, this was not just bad Chinese food that I ate the night before. This was the Lord speaking. So I asked him, like, God, what are you showing me? And I heard one word, and that was testimonies. I heard testimonies. When I heard that word, I would describe it as something was deeply implanted in my heart. Because I became obsessed with, oh my gosh, like, Wow, what would that actually look like for the body of Christ to be able to visualize and actually see around the world everything that God was doing? What would happen? What would happen to the faith level? Now, Todd, I am more and more convinced than ever. You know, the vast majority of Christians, whether they go to church or not, most Christians are not actively sharing faith. Yeah. I think the stats would back me up on that, but I think the fact that cities are so often 
you know, Christians are more influenced by culture than they influence culture or they influence their city. And a lot of times I believe it's because Christians are not opening their mouth to actually share the transformative gospel message. Yeah, I think uh, I think a stat that we got from in North America is that 10 percent of Christians have shared the gospel only once in the last six months. There we go. There we go. And and so what what I believe, man, is that this is like a great invitation Now, the Lord has to do this. This is not something that you can program. You can't make a cool enough app that does this. This has to be a cool app in combination with the power of the Holy Spirit to catalyze the body of Christ to actually come into this this called the United Hive ecosystem where they are awakened to what the Holy Spirit is doing in their city and around the world. And you know, I want it to, I want it to be confronting in a, in a good way, right? Where someone gets on the app and they see a story pop up of a salvation at a, like just yesterday I was at a, you know, a FedEx, I was get I was printing something and the Lord moved mightily. And, and I was blown away. I was in tears. The girl I was praying for was in tears. She accepts Christ. But my point is everyone in Vancouver where I live and everyone in Portland just got that notification because I shared that testimony. Now I want them when they go into a FedEx or when they're at the grocery store, I want them to be awakened to the reality that they can't claim, Oh, well, it's just because Gabe is like this great evangelist. No, no, it's not that at all. Believe me. I struggle constantly with doubt and fear and questions. The difference was I was there. I was listening. I was simply obedient to the Lord. Holy Spirit is the greatest evangelist. And I simply reached out to this woman. I helped her practically. I gave her some money because she she didn't have enough for her printing. She started weeping. Holy Spirit came over her. And I spent about 30 minutes with her sharing and just helping her with something practically. And she was so willing, so joyfully accepted Jesus. Jesus. Right there in the Kinkos with people walking around with people all around us. She was in just weeping under the power of the Holy Spirit and wanting to come into fellowship with Jesus. Now, I believe it's that easy for any single person out there to actually step into this. And so you not a hive is a great invitation. It's happening all around you. Join the fun, join the party. Yeah, It's yeah. the greatest party that's out there. Like get in the fight. So that's my charge. And that's my call is for every believer, like not just not to make United Hive cool or to not build United Hive, but because it's a gathering place where we are celebrating that Jesus is alive, that he's moving. Yeah. And it's, it's all over the world. How many countries would you say? I mean, I've, I've seen everything from South Africa, Germany on it. Yeah, it's, I mean, at least 40 countries. It might be more now. Um, you know, we probably have, like, I don't look at this, you know, every day by any means, but, you know, I think we've got a little over 6,000 testimonies around the world. Um, and, you know, we're still very small in terms of just the size. Like, we don't have, you know, thousands and thousands of users yet. But can you imagine, Todd, what would happen? If we had a million Christians on this app sharing, can you imagine 
the map would be absolutely blanketed with God's stories. Yeah. yeah. That's the, that's the that's the invitation, man. And and I believe we're going to see it for such a time as this. We're going to see it because I believe that a move of God is. You know, when we talk about revival, on one hand, it's sort of like the both and, because on one hand, it's like, well, Todd, you and I, like, we need to have personal revival and we seem to start stepping out. So there is sort of many revival and people being stirred and people being activated. But we know there's also sovereign moves of God that have come at certain times in the body of Christ to revitalize the collective church. And I believe that there is a sovereign move of God that is ahead that I think, and I I believe many prophets, so this is not like my word, but I believe many people have seen and said that a move of God is coming, the likes of which we have never seen in the body of Christ. And it's quite possible that the reason that this will be the biggest revival we've ever seen in the history of the world is simply because it's not just going to be isolated location where, you know, something happens, you know, the, the, the Welsh revival, right? Evan Roberts and, and the Welsh revival. Well, Wales was massively impacted. We know the nation was massively touched and changed. And we know about Azusa and we know about the Toronto blessing and the Toronto outpouring. We know about these moments in time where there was a revival. But I believe, man, it's going to be happening so simultaneously across the body of Christ in a widespread way that no one can deny this is a sovereign move of God for such a time as this. So I think United Hive is positioned as one of many that will do this, but we're positioned as someone who will help not only capture revival, but help create sustainable revival. Because people who catch the flame and start sharing will continue to share and it will rub off and it will have a contagious impact on those that are also on the app, that are also a part of our community. And it's the contagiousness of faith that we're going to capture in this season. And and so, man, I, I can't wait. Come on. Gabriel, man, that's thanks for sharing your story. Your testimony at the beginning. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for taking some time to come on with us today. And uh, thanks for just creating this app for just being inspired from the Lord. And like you say, just being obedient and following your heart and creating this platform. That's awesome. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. And man, thank you for for using it. And, you know, Disciple of City um, in Canada. I mean, that's been such a blessing to see what God's doing in Canada, man. I mean, your stories and Adam's stories and the team, I mean, I can't tell you how encouraging that has been to me. And, you know, Adam is just such an encourager, but like times where I felt, man, this is so hard and I'm discouraged and it's not going as well as I thought maybe, or it's taking longer. God sends Adam, God sends you, God sends people to encourage and, uh, and, and, and keep you know, just being so helpful to me personally. So thank you, Todd. And um, man, God bless you. Thank you for having me on today. Cheers, brother. Love you, man. Love you, bro.